0: Meryl Hodge and former NFL insider on ESPN to break down the Lions game and talk about some of the storylines in the National Football League. Merrill, welcome back.
1: Always good to be back, my good brother. Happy weekend to you.
0: Yeah, back at you. Uh, the Lions, I, I don't see that light at the end of the tunnel right now. Uh, your thoughts on their performance last week and where they're at right now.
1: Well, you know what, um, The light was at the end of the tunnel the first half, and I'm going to tell you this. It was some of the best offense I had seen in any team for the first half. You know, the way they ran the football, the way they threw the football, uh, their complement of both. They absolutely controlled the game, scored points, and they were so efficient. Then they start the second half, and it's penalties, um, mistakes. I mean, just the complete opposite of that. You know, and... You got to. You're not going to play perfect football all the time, but you can't go from those extremes. I mean, when I'm telling good football, when I saw in the first half, I mean, I watched the whole league. It's not like I just watched the Lions or the Steelers. I watched the whole league, so I I know how to com- match that up and look at that as comparables. As good an offense is performance as I've seen all year, and then the second half was a complete antithesis of that. Um, you know, and defensively. Um, listen, that's the offense that they run, you know, they, they manipulate really a lot of the underneath coverage in their, in their concepts with their misdirection, their run action, you know, and, and linebackers got out of place in some, in some spots had they been where they needed to be, you know, and won some of the 50, the 50 balls that he throws up a game when you make him reset his feet. You know, you probably have enough to offset the, what the offense struggled in the second half, but you, but you just didn't. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of been the story. You know, you guys are so close. The Lions are so close. They do so many good things. They just don't do it consistently enough to finish games. Um, and that's ultimately where they are right now.
0: What about the the first half? And I agree with you. They've had a couple of halves this year that have been outstanding, maybe three of them. Yep. Uh, first half against Washington, first half against Minnesota in that first half uh, last week. But then you watch adjustments. And this is where you've made your money as a player, as an analyst, uh, when opposing coaches can adjust to what you're doing or what they're not doing and turn the game around. We've seen that too many times uh, with Dan Campbell and his staff not making the right adjustments. They did uh, when Washington was making a comeback in the second half early in the season Uh, But you look at a team that is in a game at halftime and then completely out of it uh, midway third quarter, end of third quarter. Is that on adjustments? Is that on execution? Uh, Why the sudden drop-offs in the second half for the Lions?
1: Well, First of all, you know, There's no, nobody comes in at halftime and says, hey, listen, we've had no penalties, but we're going to get some in the second half, all right? Let's work on that. (laughs) Because they had, uh, I mean, holding penalties, motion penalties, all kinds of things. They kept getting backed up. You know, there was one drive, it was around the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter, that I thought was really the changing point of the game because you're in a position that even if you don't get a first down, you're going to create, you're going to change, you're going to flip the field. You know, they get backed up so far, and then they can't get out of their way that they end up hunting from almost their end zone. I mean, that that 40-yard swing was such a momentum shift for the Daltons. Um When you look at what they did in the second half, you know, um, listen, this is what I get. I've always said this. A coach has all the power, no control. You know, it's just like a parent. You have all the power, no control once the kids leave the front door of your home, regardless of what you might think as a parent. just That's the way it goes. You've got to trust – that they're going to do the right thing. So, you know, to sit there and say adjustments weren't made is somewhat unfair. I mean, you could see some of the things they tried to do, like I talked to you about the underneath the players, you know, they where they needed to be based on what Miami does to help the over-top coverage. They were just not in the right passing lanes. They just kept missing it. You know, they just kept missing it. You know, you got, your eyes can get fooled. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy offense to deal with. They give you – they give you eye candy that makes you think it's run. As a defender, you got to respect that, um, but you got to get through your keys quick enough that you get back and take away those underneath passing lanes. And they just—they just missed them. I mean, they just missed them a couple, several times in the game when it mattered. You know, that's that's ultimately was the difference. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I can't sit there and tell you. Well, you know, there was no adjustments because um, I can't. Um, I couldn't attest to that, um, and I couldn't attest that the adjustments that were made were executed properly, like they were talked about in the locker room, which happens a lot. And I think that's um, kind of forgotten. You know, we we say the coach didn't do this, didn't do that. How do we know? You know, and who's to say that? I always get people go, "Oh, I can't believe a coach would." I'm like, "Time out. Uh, how do you know the coach said that?" <laughs> you know, the coach, you know, the coach taught that. I have seen I've seen more Super Bowls. Ah, shoot, I can tell. You, I could put a reel together of people not doing what their responsibility is and costing them Super Bowls versus somebody doing something great. There's probably been more of that than some play that has been done great or a combination of that. The great play was a combination of somebody not doing their job, trying to do too much, or not doing what they were told, or part of the scheme. So, you know, those things are on Monday. You know, as as a team, you got to clean those things up. A lot of those are self-inflicted. We've talked about this week in and week out. There's not too many teams... In this league, you know that. I mean, look at last night. You know, everybody thinks you know Texas is going to get blown out. I always thought it won't be this people; it's professional football. I remember one year that we, the Patriots, are 0 10. They're coming into town. We won on a goal line stand. We're in the locker room. We're like, how in the world are they 0 10? That's just how close this league is. It's still, gonna, it's still like that. It's closer probably now than ever. Um, you know, so you just got to keep fighting towards you know, correcting the things that they control. And listen, penalties are in your control. You know, there's a lot of things that are in control. It isn't like you were just getting handled by teams. And this is, you know, you got no shot. It's not like college where 80% of the time my guys are better than your guys. It's not that. That's not the case in the NFL. My guys are as good as your guys. All right, now it's going to be about the little things. And the little things caught them in the second half.
0: His name is Meryl Hodge, former Steelers running back. He joins us on the DraftKings NFL Power Hour each and every week here on the HUGE Show across Michigan. If you have a Lions or NFL question, add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook. Also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. So if you're the Lions, uh, you're at the bottom of the basement right now uh, in the NFL standings. May not be the worst team, but you have the worst record. You're Dan Campbell. What do you do uh, to get things moving? How do you find four quarters of football? Uh, how, how do you dig out of this? Well, I, I, I still believe, you know, as long as you're doing,
1: you're, you're preaching the right principles. You've instilled the right principles. You keep emphasizing those until they're performed properly. You know, the worst thing to do is panic as a leader, you know, and completely about face. And I've seen that. I've been, I've been in in the NFL environment where, I'll give you an example, one year we were struggling as a punt team. I hate to say it, but I, th- I still think that we've pulled the record for the most blocked punts. Well, they come in like week eight and they completely change our blocking scheme. They change our counting system. They change everything. Thinking that that's going to do it. So we, instead of calling it Count from inside out, we are counting from outside in, well, we started getting more punch blocked after that because everybody was confused on oh, oh that's right, we're outside in, we used to be inside out See, you, you can't you can't overreact you know um because that's just not a sign of good leadership either is when you do that um adjustments need to be made, yes, you got to make them coaching play, you know um, how drastic well shoot i, I not being in those meetings, I can't tell you that, but I just, I'm just telling you that the leader that is most consistent, as long as those principles are in place, the foundation has been set, we just got to find ways and keep working on finding a ways or people to keep, to do it consistently for us. You know, it comes down to that too. If you can't, if you can do it for 30 minutes, it's not going to work. If you can do 60, then we got a shot. And I'm going to get those people on the field that can do it for 60.
0: What about the Lions defensively? I know they got rid of their DB coach, which I think is kind of just a sacrificial move Uh, when it's your middle of the season. I think it's a borderline cop out. Um, Why? Why? Why are they regressing uh, defensively or even regressing in game so much? This team is so tough to figure out because it's like you've seen four teams. This season, a team that looked like they could win the NFC North, a team that looks like the worst team in pro football, which they are record wise right now, and a team that is close and then a team that uh, doesn't look uh, well coached.
1: Yeah. I, I wish I could answer that. You know, listen if I can answer that, they'd probably hire me right now and I'd, I'd fix everything for them. You know, I'm sure that they're in meetings right now trying to, you know, answer the same thing, you know. Um, all the things that we're teaching or practicing and that we actually, ex- that we execute too. Cause we've seen it, you know, you just mentioned, you've seen it. That not like, you know, that would be different if you like, we've never even seen hope, you know, you've never even seen it done right. You've never seen this team, you know, like how they play the run at times, how they play the pass at times, the pressure that they get, you know, and then the transformation or the antithesis of that, you know, comes about now I'll go back to what I'm saying. Nobody's going to dominate all the time, you know, but well, you got to win a majority. And what they're doing is, you know, they may go on a streak where they win the majority in a quarter, then they lose another quarter and a half, and they give it all back. So, you know, I don't envy their position. I don't. It's not, a, it's not an envious one. And maybe one of the most frustrating in sports is when you're dealing with teams like this that show it. They just can't consistently do it you know and then I go back to what I think is always important been around those environments so I can speak from experience you just can't panic you know but you do have to self-evaluate and be willing to make adjustments that need to be made corrections that includes yourself too. I mean I'm talking about really individually you know and then how you go about applying it to your players and leading them you know will be the difference you know and it'll benefit hopefully at some point but it's going to have to benefit sooner than later. At this point,
0: I just look at that first half against the Dolphins, and they looked unstoppable on offense, yeah. and and then you could see it coming early third quarter, midway third quarter, and just morph back into the bad Lions, both sides of the football, yeah. and you could see Miami was coming, and that they were going to win the game. Yeah.
1: Well, listen, I, you know, not not to not to switch it, but. The Packers have it worse off than the Lions from an offensive perspective. I mean, they're an absolute train wreck. You know, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers may be, you know, that's <laughs> how it always is. You know, there's always going to be a finger point at the quarterback. They, and, he always, and when they win, he always does more than he really did. Um, and then when they lose, he gets the blame. Now, let me tell you this. I've been watching tape. Been watching this league for almost 40 years. I've seen things on the Green Bay Packer offense I've never seen before. Now, I'll give you an example. They're down, backed up around their five-yard line, seven-yard line, somewhere around there, and they're max protecting because they got to throw it because they, they just can't block. They're struggling in the passing game, blocking people, um, and they're in danger of you know, people pressure them. So to avoid that, they, may, they keep seven in. They max-protect. Well, six people blocked, and the right tackle – is doing a is blocking for a a draw play, he's downfield eight yards trying to block somebody. It was the most odd thing cause, I mean, like when things pop out, they're like, that's just odd. What's going on? Here? He's blocking like it's a run, and the other people are blocking like it's a pass. However, the one guy that they pro- that they need in the pass protection is caught downfield trying to block people, and then Aaron Rodgers gets a sack. Now you got to go back to the huddle and go. Now how did that guy get? How did your right tackle here draw? And everybody else heard pass. Then you watch how they pass block, and there's some evidence. In it. I mean, there's some, you know, some explanation for why they're so disconnected. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has no protection. This offensive line, maybe as a group in the passing game, one of the poorest in football. Now go to their group of wide receivers. I play man coverage on them 99% of the time. Nobody can get open. I mean, nobody. Shoot, they had one time. They had a trips formation, three wide receivers to the right, the widest guideline scrimmage. I mean, to the sideline runs a go route. The other two guys inside, the one guy closest to the formation runs like a twelve yard curl, curls inside, uh, curls outside, and the guy wide receiver outside of him runs twelve yards and curls inside. So they both curl to the same spot. They're both standing in the same spot. (laughs) It's like they can't even run the right routes. Um, They can't get open. Um, and I mean, cannot get open? Aaron Rodgers, the, the touchdown, I think the only touchdown he throws in the game, was as open as, as I, of any player in the course of that game. And that guy was blanketed. How the ball got in there and I got it, I mean, a wine miracle. But that was the most open guy in the entire game. And because Aaron Rodgers missed some reads and maybe could have went through a progression a little quicker and, trusted things a little more. Yeah, there's a few players every game like that. But if you put all of the evidence together, you stick yourself in that position, I'm going to say this, it's hard to trust anything based on what's going on there. And you talk about, I would much rather have the Lions issues than the Packers issues is what I'm getting to. Those are monumental. Those are like so head scratching. I mean, how do you fix um, players not hearing the right play in the huddle? How do you fix People going, well, I thought I ran the curl. You both ran the curl at the same spot. How could you think like that? How do we get people to work on man coverage and get free? Well, you know you work on that every week. But we can't get open. I mean, they got a lot of problems. Now, the one thing they did very well is they ran the football. You know, they did some stuff to the the Bills that, you know, I'm I'm sure the Bills are not expecting, you know, and caught them off guard. But they also exposed a a few things that, you know, like the Jets, I'm sure the Jets will be like, hey, that's kind of our bread and butter. And our quarterback is struggling maybe more, more than both of you guys. So I mean, not to, not the jump subject, but the Packers got some real issues. And those issues that exist are more daunting than what the Lions have.
0: Oh, so how does that come into play then Sunday with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in Detroit? Uh, this matchup and breaking it down from the Green Bay and the Lions side, what do you see, Merrill?
1: See, here's a chance for your, you know, really for you guys to get back in. From, a, a, we are talking about coverage, okay? Here's a good, here's a chance for us. The Packers are probably, I mean, this, they're going to run the football because that's about the only thing they do very well, um, and they're not going to walk into Detroit. And I know Detroit, the, you know, the Lions, while you're sitting on tape and go, whoa. They are so pressure happy and so good at it. We can't you know, we're gonna have to max protect all the time. You know, like they did against the Bills. I don't think they go in with that game plan, but I do believe it'll be heavy man, I mean heavy run. They will throw the football more because you know the Lions have given up more and there's been flaws in their coverage. Um, but here's a chance, quite honestly, with how the struggles exist for the Packers for the Lions to have a complete game defensively. This is a great opportunity for them to really uh, put a complete game together. Because what they're saying, they're watching it on tape. They say, oh, let's it's a divisional opponent, and there's always respect there. There should be, but I've never seen the Packers in this much disarray ever under or, and any at, at any time that I've ever. You know, like the Brett Favre we used to play them. You know, never seen them like that. This this disheveled in so many phases." So this is a real good chance to you know keep them disheveled, and get your uh, your, your defensive uh, confidence back, and get you guys a complete football game.
0: His name is Meryl Hodge, former Steelers running back, also former ESPN NFL insider, joining us as he does each and every week on the DraftKings NFL Power Hour. Remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code Huge. When you sign up to get the promo hookups and get it on the action all day Sunday and Monday night, just download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code HUGE. Uh, Roger struggling with the Packers, things you haven't seen. Brady has the the off-the-field personal uh, divorce uh, family uh, division there. He doesn't look the same. Is this age or is it just a part of the NFL?
1: any of has anything to do with age. They've getting nothing to do with age.
0: So, Rodgers and Brady, you don't look at age at all. Uh, this is just about schemes and the personnel they have around them.
1: Not what I see on tape. Not, nothing is indicating, uh, well, you know what, they just can't make the throws. You know, your offensive line's solid. They're blocking. Guys are getting wide open, and these guys, these cats can't hit them. That ain't the case. <laughs> it's the complete opposite. You got, you know, the uh, Tom Brady, their their overall chemistry in their passing game is just completely out of whack, completely out of sync. You know, it's been like that all year. I've never seen Brady um, from a schematic perspective not have a chemistry and, and a rhythm in the passing game um, like they don't have in Tampa right now. You know, and you never know what you're going to get with Tampa. Tampa will run it thirty times one game, and they'll run it sixteen the next. You know, it's just you know, and I think that's a big pro- problem with them. You know, I know that's what Green Bay was trying to do last week. Okay, let's 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 do something. Because that game, that part of the game does stabilize things and help you build off it. That's how bad the Packers are. They couldn't even build off it, even though they were on the football well. just could not build off it. Um, the Bucs are kind of the same way, you know. Um, and, yet, you know, people have done some things schematically. I've seen the Brady that affected them. Um, but listen I, if it was it's not age though it's not age on either one of them um, now with Tom Brady with all the things if anybody's ever been through those type of you know emotional cold roller coasters they do have an effect on you you know how focused you are and where you are emotionally that that has that would have a, I would say that is a bigger factor here than his age I wouldn't even the age wouldn't even be a thought process it has not been a thought process every time I plug him in the entire year of this year.
0: Merrill Hodge checking in on the DraftKings NFL Power Hour here on the huge show across Michigan. Former Steelers running back, also former ESPN breakdown insider. Uh, So before I let you go, uh, what do you think happens in that Detroit Green Bay game Sunday in the Motor City?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you this. The the Lions have a chance. I mean, they have a chance every Sunday, you know. if they can put three quarters, they went three of the four quarters. I mean, versus split the half, and the second half is so much so bad versus the first half. They they can win this game. I mean, they really can win this game. You know how they're playing as a whole, even though they've really may had moments where they played bad, they're not playing as bad as Green Bay. I'm telling you, Green Bay's offensive issues are real. They're not getting fixed in a day. You know, some people might go well we'll fix them. The Lions will fix them. <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear people saying that right now. They're that bad and the Lions aren't. I mean, they'd have to have, they'd have to play worse than they have played all year to fix their woes. You know, they're going to have to deal with the run and I know there's been moments with that. Um, um, I, I would think that the Lions may play a lot more man than maybe they have. I'm just you to cause they, they struggle getting open. You know, um, but I would favor the Lions in this one. I would favor the Lions in this one um, based on what I have seen and how they've both teams have played the last four to five weeks.
0: Merrill Hodge checking in as he does each and every week on the DraftKings NFL Power Hour here on the Michigan Sports Network. Always download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code HUGE when you sign up to get in on the action all day Sunday and Monday night and all the way through the big game in February. Merrill, good stuff. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football, and we'll talk next week.
1: Okay, big dog. See you, brother. Have a good weekend.
0: Yeah, back at you. Meryl Hodge. Check it in on the NFL Power Hour, presented by our friends from the DraftKings Sportsbook app.